Do you know what nemesis means? Hello and welcome to Direct, the podcast that takes a direct trajectory through a director's filmography. I'm Eric. I'm Levi. And it will be no surprise to the listener because they saw the title of the episode, they might have seen it on Facebook, they might have seen it on baldmove.com, but our next director that we will be covering on Direct is David Fincher. David Fincher. We put it up to you, the listener, and we gave you three choices. We gave you David Fincher, we gave you Paul Thomas Anderson... We gave you Christopher Nolan, and in a very tight race where seven votes separated first place from last place, David Fincher won the narrow but definitive victory to be our next direct director. So Levi, in 30 seconds or less, or frankly, however much time you want to use, <laughs> give, <laughs> give me your initial thoughts as we embark on this journey of watching every single one of David Fincher's movies. I'm ready for some dark, messed up, mind-bending, great movies. I'm so excited. I think Fincher was my top choice. uh, Wow. As much as I like Paul Thomas Anderson. And I think Christopher Nolan was too close to my heart. I think he would have been Mm. more of a love fest. I think Fincher has got a lot going on. A lot of movies that I'm not dying to watch a second time. But really? I think that's what's going to make them. Well, just they're condensing seven. Who mm-hmm. wants to go back and watch seven a second time? Oh, I've seen seven multiple times. That's telling on a lot of levels. <laughs> I think you're going to lo- I think you're going to enjoy seven on a rewatch. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm going to enjoy it from the. Oh, what about Gone Girl? Like, I'm not racing yeah. back to that one either. My wife and I had a stare down for. <laughs> the rest of the day after we saw that movie, it was weird. It was awkward. <laughs> the most yeah, screwed I'm, up love story. I just that's how I sum up Fincher movies. I'm looking through. I'm looking mm. at these lists and just and I'm excited. These are all great movies, uh, but you know it's it. This is a different tone from everything else we've watched. We've watched so far. It is. It is. It is different. Um, it's. It's a little bit more, uh, gosh, I don't even know what the term is, but Fincher is very much, he's, he likes to toy with his audience, I think, in a way that we haven't quite encountered yet. Like, I feel like with Tarantino, Edgar Wright, Guillermo del Toro, they're just putting spectacle on the screen. They're putting stylized spectacle. They're telling their, their you know, they're getting their message across. They're telling their stories, but they're doing it in a very, very... Um, stylized spectacle type way now fincher definitely has a definitive style but i feel like he's always like it's a give and take and like you know always pushing and prodding the audience and you never quite know what's around the next corner and i just imagine david fincher just like twiddling his fingers and giggling with glee behind the behind the darkened shadows as, as, as his uh, viewers watch his movies. And so I'm excited to kind of be manipulated a little bit by a director as opposed to just kind of marveling at the spectacle on the screen. Yeah, there will be a lot more. I think our Fincherisms are going to be a little more subtle. Uh, mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to... I haven't watched 
David Fincher interviews, and I'm curious to see mm. how he addresses his own work as well, because Del Toro, uh, Edgar Wright, Tarantino, they all were making movies as much for themselves as for the audience, and I'm right. curious, from the movies, either A, David Fincher's well, kind of a wacko, uh, a la <laughs> like David Lynch. Like If you watch a David Lynch interview... There's uh-huh. one I saw where they asked him what was his favorite work, and I think he said it was Twin Peaks, and yeah. or what was his most uh, the work that affected him the most. And when asked to expound on it, he goes no, yeah, and just goes silent, and that leaves the interview with nothing to grasp onto because David Lynch is in his own head doing his own thing, and he's right very much trying to outdo the audience in some senses. And I think we're going to get that a little bit from David Fincher where he's not, this isn't his childhood. If his, if this is remotely related to his childhood, that's, <laughs> that's frightening in a lot of ways, but you know what I'm saying? It's you're right. And the spectacle is the best way to sum it up. It will be the most obvious distinction from what we've seen thus uh-huh. far. I'm really excited because there's some, I think we're going to see some really astounding camera work. I've watched the yeah. director's, not the director's comedy. Uh, there was DVD commentary for Alien 3 that I watched mm-hmm. once that just walked through shot by shot what these rooms are doing. They had one of the head lighting guys in there, and it was just fascinating. That movie has so much going on for a first film. Yeah. And to see how he expounds out from there, you know, into, cause we do alien then seven, which that's yep. for your first two movies. That's a killer lineup. That's <laughs> you're not screwing around and everybody knows it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we, but, but that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of the criteria uh, for our directors. Well, Guillermo del Toro's first two movies were smaller. You had mimic and, uh, uh, Kronos. Kronos, yeah, Kronos and Mimic. So they were they weren't quite the heavy hitters, but I mean Edgar Wright coming in with Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, and of course Quentin Tarantino, probably the best p- debut of any director ever with Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. So um, the the thing about it, man, I have no context for Alien Three. Like I've never seen the movie, uh, so and I know you're a huge Alien fan, so I'm kind of excited to get your take on that movie because. From what I understand, I mean, it doesn't stand out as like one of the definitive Alien movies. You have Ridley Scott's Alien, you have James Cameron's Aliens, and then you have David Fincher's Alien 3. So I'm excited to see kind of Alien 3 through your eyes as somebody who's seen it before and who has a sincere love for the Alien franchise as me coming in as a little bit more of a noob uh, to that. I'm excited to to kind of see that juxtaposition from a viewership angle. Yeah, I'd love to... and. It's so, and I'm hoping to get Liz to watch it too because I've she's seen she saw Alien a long time ago, and then I got her into Aliens, and she really dug that. And this one is it's a departure from the first two, and so it's a unique viewing experience when you get to watch it for the first time. Yeah, and there's I'm looking it's, through here. I think I've seen all of these movies. This is one of the rare directors where <laughs> I've actually caught them all for this number. Well, I mean. I think Quentin Tarantino and Guillermo del Toro or and uh, Edgar Wright were in that boat too. No, because I had um, never seen Kronos mimic some of Guillermo's stuff off the beaten path. Right. I had not seen. Did I see everything for Tarantino? 
I feel like there was something in there that snuck in. Jackie Brown or or Death Proof or something? Jackie Brown I had not seen, I think. Or if I had, it had been really sideways. Anyway, this list is so good. I mean, we got... Because once we get past oh, it's a great list. seven, the game, I've only seen the game once, and I don't remember the yeah. twists and turns of it. I kind of just remember <laughs> the end. Yeah, I haven't seen Alien 3. I've seen 7, obviously. I haven't seen the game. Uh, Fight Club is probably the first David Fincher movie I ever watched because it was such a cultural you know, phenomenon. And everybody... I was 14 when Fight Club came out. So, like, everybody was talking about Fight Club. When I was in college, everybody had the Tyler Durden soap poster <laughs> on their wall. Like, Fight Club was a very seminal movie for my generation, for our generation, I think. And, and that was my first introduction to Fincher, even though I didn't associate him with that movie. It was just Fight Club was just such a cultural phenomenon. Um, so I'm really excited to watch that because I'm also a big Chuck Palahniuk fan because of Fight Club, and I've read a lot of Chuck Palahniuk's books. So I'm excited to kind of revisit that one. And then Panic Room. I haven't seen Panic Room. Uh, have you seen Panic Room? I s- I've seen Panic Room. I don't mm-hmm. remember it. That has somebody... i got to open this. Now we get to play Levi and Eric surf IMDB. Uh, there's somebody <laughs> in that who... I remember hearing their name just a couple weeks ago, and I was shocked to hear Forrest Kristen, Whitaker? Kristen Stewart's in it. No, I knew Forrest. Oh. Jared Leto. Jared Leto is in this movie. Ah, which is it, you well, know, that makes sense because he was he was in Fight Club. That's right. I forget. Jared Leto is. I think he's gaslighting me because he. <laughs> when I go back and look at old movies and see all the stuff he's in, I just. I still have a hard time putting his face to his name. I don't know what it is. He's a bit of a chameleon. I mean, he doesn't look like Jared Leto. He looks actually his character in Fight Club looks a lot like the Joker now. <laughs> like that's it's a very uh, it's like a, a, a it's a, it's coming full circle for him. Um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, Panic Room. Then we have Zodiac, and I love Zodiac, man. I'm so excited to watch Zodiac again. Fantastic movie, and you know with. Uh, who is it? Uh, it's not Paul Ryan. Who's the other one? <laughs> Paul Ryan is the the Republican Speaker of the House. Paul Ryan? No, Ted Cruz. Isn't Ted Cruz reportedly the Zodiac Killer? Oh yes, there is that conspiracy theory. So, so <laughs> yes. that'll be a good. You know, we can watch it through that lens, having just had a go. lot of Ted Cruz in the news. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have Zodiac, and then we have the Social Network. I love that movie, even though I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Yeah, same here. Uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, another one I haven't seen since I saw it in the theater. Gone Girl, another one I haven't seen since I saw it in the theater. So that's really strong. And then I feel like maybe just as homework because I don't want to break our, um, I don't want to break our, you know, our, uh, our criteria here where we only watch full-length feature films from directors but i want to just at some point during this rewatch watch the pilot of house of cards um because really directed that (laughs) i really thought you were gonna say we should watch george michael 25 oh uh, i'm gonna watch some of these music music video that he i actually do want to go through and watch some of these music videos just to because it's such a unique format and it would I'm curious to see how much of it bleeds over because it's like when you take an artist and move them to different mediums, the the things that 
tend to come through in both mediums tell you a lot about yeah. what their where their interest really lies. So to take somebody who's doing things, you know, as with the depth of seven and to watch them Aerosmith <laughs> big ones you can look at. Uh, right. You know, what makes it across? <laughs> well, I, I mean, and one of the big things here, uh, he directed the Madonna Vogue video, which I would say is one of the most iconic music videos of all time. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm going to go on YouTube and pop through some of these. Um, one of them, I love the, we don't have to take our clothes off, which is a hilarious song from 1986. Uh, do you know that song? <laughs> no, I don't. It's good. It's good. It's like, we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's a good one, man. <laughs> um, and then he's done a ton of Madonna videos. He's done Madonna, uh, express yourself, uh, Vogue, Oh Father, um, Paula Abdul's Cold Hearted, uh, Forever Your Girl from Paula Abdul, and uh, yeah. So I want to go through. I mean, I'm just gonna cruise YouTube and see his his music videos because there's a lot of directors that cut their teeth on music videos. Guy Ritchie, uh, on specifically the Madonna music videos. He married Madonna. Uh, <laughs> but Guy Ritchie got his started music videos. And then, of course, Spike Jones as well. Who uh, was, did music videos and skate videos. Who did uh, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Can't think of his uh, name. That would be uh, Michelle Gondry. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. There is a unique... That's put him on the list for future potential direct uh, next to the other hundred names yeah. we have on there. But I love going back and forth between his music videos and his movies. Yeah, that would be really interesting. He's got a new movie out as well. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to go through this list. And I do. I want to watch the music videos. I want to revisit the pilot of House of Cards or specifically the episodes of House of Cards that he directed. Um uh, it's uh, he he just directed the first two episodes, so chapter one and chapter two. I think it'd be fun to just go back and kind of watch those. At some point, they are on Netflix, and then of course there is. We'd be remiss to say, but there is a every frame of painting video on YouTube that specifically focuses around oh, yes. David Fincher. Yeah, I did so not know that. I, would... I love those videos. <laughs> So yeah, a little bit of homework here for us and for possibly the listeners if you want to get into it. Uh, check out the David Fincher music videos and also check out the Every Frame of Painting at the very least before we dive into Alien 3. Uh, yeah, man, I am, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to jump back on the old horse. I feel like we took a sizable break and uh, I'm ready to, to get back into it and watch some movies, man. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time. This is all going to be... Just for the listener, I'm like trying to buy a house. I just moved. We're back in the same state, man. We haven't been in the same state. Yeah. Like lived in the same state for eight years. So yeah, maybe like, one of these episodes is going to do... have to be in person. I know. We'll actually do a live episode in person, which will be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, we got to do that. And we might, dude, we should do a live watch. A live we watch? Do a live watch of a movie. Yeah. Oh, start stepping on do... Gino and Aaron's toes. Jim and Aaron. Well, we could Jim and Aaron, of course, not <laughs> Gino. Who's Gino? Nobody knows who Gino is. But uh but or we could do a commentary tracks too. I mean, there's the possibilities are endless here, my friend. We could get really into it now that you're up here in Washington State again. So that's very exciting. 
Um, and we, of course, we want uh, you, the listener, we want you to be a part of this as well. So please send us an email, directpodcast at gmail.com, uh, and go to the forums, forums.baldmove.com. We're going to have forums there for each movie. So be a part of the discussion and uh, go on this journey with us. I'm so excited to embark on this journey. I, I'd like to quickly touch, uh, before we go, I'd love to touch on the other directors, um, Paul Thomas Anderson and Christopher Nolan. Uh, and I don't want to say which one came in second and which one came in third, but it was close for the whole thing. Like I said, seven votes uh, separated first place from last place, although David Fincher did hold the lead pretty much the entire time. Um but Paul Thomas Anderson, dude, I was really hoping he was going to make that surge and, and get there because I love me some Paul Thomas Anderson. I, I'm looking through his list again just to refresh my memory. This is mm-hmm. one I have not seen almost any of these movies. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is nuts. Oh, I, I figured that there will be blood. I think that's the only and punch drunk love, which I don't remember. Yeah. Other than it had what's his oh, goof. My God. Punch drunk love is one of my favorite movies. It's like literally in my top five movies of all time. I remember. Like, I l- confusion. I love it <laughs> in a good way, but still <laughs> one of those movies where you're trying so hard to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I've haven't seen hard eight. Yep. We'll have to, we're going to have to swing back. We've got, I mean, how old are we now? 30? So we've got another 30 years before we should. So, you know, if we get four, four to six, say six directors, if we're really good, if we really burn through them, we can get through 180 yeah. directors. There you go, man. We, we just made the commitment. We just made the commitment that direct will go for another 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> the direct podcast. No, dude, I love it. Like I, uh, I went to Japan recently. I watched Heart Eight on the airplane. That movie is amazing. Uh, Magnolia is amazing. I really encourage everybody to go to baldmove.com and check out Jim and Aaron's um, Bald Movies uh, Commission podcast about Magnolia. It's amazing. And then online on YouTube, there's a fifty minute doc five zero fifty minute documentary about the making of. Uh, Magnolia that was like made for the DVD and that's an astounding documentary like you get to see Paul Thomas Anderson do, going through rehearsals hanging out with John C. Riley and Philip Seymour Hoffman and it's it's an amazing amazing thing to watch like uh, he's Paul Thomas Anderson is just a type of director that he's got such a clear vision that he seems so much smarter than everybody else. You watch one of his movies and you're like, well, I got to watch that again immediately because it it was amazing. And yet I feel like I only got like a quarter of it. That's, that's the Paul Thomas Anderson experience. So I really hope we get to do him in the future. And then Nolan was really interesting because I was convinced that if we put Nolan in the top three, that he, we would be doing Nolan. Um, and, uh, there, we got a little Nolan backlash. I feel like people are a little Nolan washed out because of his blockbuster status. Yeah, he's been doing, and all of his blockbuster stuff is great. Yeah. But, you know, I like I like doing the less, I don't know. And I it feels weird because it's, talking about Paul Thomas Anderson and David Fincher. It's, mm-hmm. you know, this put these three across and it's not really like setting Nolan out. There's something about, Nolan, maybe it just feels like his films are a little more mainstream at this point. Yeah. You know, my parents aren't 
picking up a lot of David Fincher movies, but they'll totally go see the three <laughs> Batman movies and Interstellar. Yeah. That was that was I love that one. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know that one Inception. maybe stepped outside in- just in the sense of like if you look at like 2001: A Space Odyssey, a lot of more people yeah. are gonna like Star Wars and that. It, I think Interstellar had kind of the same effect. Um, Interstellar was huge. I mean, that was a huge movie. Like, I went and saw that with my father-in-law. My father-in-law does not go to see movies. And I went and saw <laughs> Interstellar with him. Uh, and and then, of course, Inception. Inception was a gigantic film. That was what he made between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. He made Inception, um, which is, you know, a pillar of the, of the cultural zeitgeist at this moment. Everybody remembers the spinning top and the Parisian landscape folding in on top of itself and all of that jazz. So... Um, yeah, Nolan, maybe he's just a little too mainstream. Maybe, maybe I, I, some of the sentiment on the forums was that if we did Nolan, we'd be hitting the same note every episode of the podcast, which I don't really agree with. I feel like we'd be able to find nuance. Um, you know, a a guy like Guillermo del Toro comes across as a very one note director, but then you watch his movies and you're like, holy shit, all of these are completely different. Uh, and each their own. Uh, you know, amazing little capsulated experience. So I feel like we would have been able to figure it out with Nolan and I'm sure he'll be on a list in the future as well. Um, but I'm just such a huge Batman fan. I was kind of excited to just talk about Batman <laughs> for like three we hours. Can, you can just don't, I don't watch many movies repeatedly just because there's so much mm-hmm. out there to see. Yeah. But the Batman movies I will hit probably twice a year. Just the trilogy. It'll just be a weekend <laughs> where I don't have anything lined up. I'm just looking to hang yeah. out and I'll just put them on. Yeah. You could throw in Batman Begins and it's the type of movie you just start watching it and then like 2 hours later you're like, "Oh. That was that was fast." So, uh I yeah, I I I'm really excited about Dolan and he'll be on a list in the future as well, I'm sure. Um yeah, anything else on Fincher, man? No, but now I just want to do the Christian Bale voice <laughs> from Batman. I just I'm picturing yeah. in my head. I might, I've gone total space cadet here, and I'm just thinking about reviewing Christopher Nolan as Batman. This scene is really great. <laughs> he gave us the ending we needed, not the ending we deserve. <laughs> All right, I'm done. It's not who we say we are. It's what we do that defines us. <laughs> It's not what we say, anyway. but what we show. <laughs> that was really fun. I also, uh, just before we wrap up here, I got to give a shout out to Davey Mack. Davey Mack. Oh, you got to meet is, him. Yeah. Davey Mack, his wonderful wife, his amazing son, hung out with them in Japan. Like We just met up one day or one night, like Friday night, we met up in Shinjuku and he like showed us around. Um, you know, he's from the States. He's lived in uh, Japan for a decade now, speaks Japanese. So it was just really great to get that. He was like a great intermediary of like, uh, we could be like, so are we doing this right? Or is this like, (laughs) are we being culturally sensitive here and all this stuff? And he just could answer all those questions for us. Um, and then, so we hung out once and then we were like, and we're like, we want to hang out with them again. So like, we hung out with him and his wife and his son at like this Vietnamese festival another day, and then we met up with them again. So we met up multiple times when we were in Japan, and uh, and they're all just amazing people. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Davy Mac and the Davy Mac clan over in Tokyo, and I hope to be back soon because I had a freaking amazing time 
in the land of the rising sun. It was beautiful. We it was to, a, it was an amazing experience. We need a separate podcast so that we can discuss your your trip because I haven't seen you yet since yeah. you got back. So I'm, I know I've been so busy, dude. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I feel like we got a good summer ahead of us with Fincher. Um, as the days get shorter, uh, the bleakness will increase <laughs> as we watch the Fincher catalog. <laughs> Um and uh, I got some other little tidbits in store for the Bald Move listeners. There will be another Bald Move podcast that I will be on as you well. You got another one? Um coming up in August. Yes. What are you, a McElroy uh, brother? It will be the uh the first team up uh between me and one of the Bald Movers, but I don't think we're ready to make that announcement quite yet. So I'm excited about it though. So we got a great summer in store, folks, and we hope that you stick around with us. Once again, directpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'd love to read it on the show. And uh, and also visit the forums, forums.baldmove.com. Uh, chat it up there. Meet some people. Fly to Japan and hang out with them. That's what, that's what the forums can do for you, my friend. Uh, and <laughs> until next time, next week, Alien 3. Uh, and we'll be back to talk about it in one week. Uh, and until then, I'm Eric. I'm Levi. Cut.